0: You are Locked On Aggies, your daily podcast on the Texas A&M Aggies, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Hi everybody, and welcome back into another episode of Locked On Aggies, presented by the Locked On Podcast Network. Cole Thompson back here in the driver's seat talking all things Texas A&M, and today we're going to do our annual Texas Thursday rankings, going to rank all 12 major programs in the state. Where does Texas A&M fall after a 26-22 loss to Mississippi State? And who is the number one team in the state going into week of the college football season. Now, much for making us your very first listen every single day. You can check us out on iTunes, Spotify, Odyssey Network, or of course, night here on YouTube every single day. Yep, that's right. Every single day, right here on the Locked On Podcast Network. I am Cole Thompson, the host of the show. You can follow me on Twitter at Mr. Cole Thompson. I love public feedback. Anything you can do to make this a more quality sounding podcast, Monday through Friday, give me a follow, give me a shout out, and I will add it into the mix. Secondly, Locked On Aggies. Locked on Aggies is your number one source for all things 12-man related content found here on LOP. You can always subscribe on iTunes, listen on Spotify, and if you can't do any of that, listen live every single day at LockedOnPodcast.com. So before I go into my rant about where each team ranks, where Texas A&M falls, I'll tell you this right now, they're still, top, still a top five team in the state of Texas, but there is an argument to be had that they should not be in that category. There is. There is. The biggest question is, would Jimbo Fisher leave? After this season, I, th- there's been people talking about after the extension got done, that the buyout that would it, it would take to get out of College Station is going to be so ridiculous, would LSU potentially touch it? Now, for anyone wondering, LSU is more than likely going to fire Ed Orgeron at the end of the season. And here's the reason why. Because I get it, and this is coming from somebody who just covers college football in general, but when you look at how... College football is. You have programs that believe that they are the same standard as other schools. And one of those programs is LSU. So they won a national title two years ago. But Ed Orgeron has struggled since. They don't care. They, 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 and it's very similar to what you saw from Auburn back in uh, 2000 and, uh, 2010 when they won it with, with um, Cam Newton. Gene Chizik won them a national title. Afterwards, He struggled. A year later, he finished three and they fired him. Because if they believe they're at the same level and at the same standard as Alabama, they believe they're at the same standard as USC, as the same standard as Ohio State, as Clemson, as these bigger programs, as Texas even, as Texas A&M. They have these standards. And if you do not meet these standards, you will be fired no matter what you did before. It's a new season every single year. It's every single year you have to continuously prove yourself. So the question is, would Jimbo Fisher leave for LSU? Were to hire him? Um, answer this in really fast terms. No, and at the same time, I can answer this in other fast terms. LSU will not be considering Jimbo Fisher, and it's not because of he's been very average. I would say because of the best way you can probably do this scenario is take the best year out of your situation, take the worst year out of your situation, take the equation, and what kind of coach are? You? If you take the seven and five season to where was a very bland team when they played the number one, the number two, and the number three team. AP preseason ranked three times, and then they played the number one team that was nationally ranked at the time, number one three times. Take out that seven and five year, and you take out the nine and one year last year. Fisher is well. Let's see. He's nine and four, and then he would be three and two. So he's twelve and 12-6 uh, right now at College Station, if you take that in. it does not think he's been average. It's more so there still is no idea what direction he's done thus far to where you can kind of say, oh, he is a superstar head coach, or, oh, he's lived down to the expectations. What basically you're saying is he's been a very average coach, and I don't think that's going to shy LSU away, but when he agreed to terms on the new deal that will get him paid, over $9 million a season. That's when things started to change. And part of the reason I think A&M boosters did make sure that they got this done was because of the situation at LSU. They believe that they have their guy. They believe that they have their Nick Saban that's going to be able to fix this program in due time, going to be able to take them to new heights, going to be able to bring them to a higher standard, all of that. And you don't want him walking out the door to go to another program, especially a program that you would face every single year. From here on out. Until either there's new conference realignment. Or whatever happens when Texas and OU get to the SEC. That's a story for a brand new long, long, long day down the line. But I look right now at where this team sits. And the buyout alone would be so ridiculous for LSU. And on top of that, you would then have to match the same salary. For Fisher to go to Baton Rouge. Like that's the other thing that people aren't understanding. You would have to match his salary. At what he's getting so nine million dollars has to go immediately to Jimbo Fisher. I don't see any team paying that. I do not see USC you know, paying that. I don't see clubs paying that. I don't see Oh, she paying that. I don't see Florida State if they want to hire him back paying that. I don't see Miami paying that when they fire Manny Diaz. Nobody's paying that. So, reality terms, anybody out there who's worried that Jimbo Fisher still is going to leave because the team is in despair, and, and there's been a lot of people who have said. Well, now that AM is proving to be less effective as a team after the one year success they had in 2020, would he still be willing to leave after this? No, he's not. He's not going anywhere. So anyone who anyone who's an AM fan who has fears that Fisher is leaving, um, he's not. I'm gonna tell you that right now. And anybody out there who is wanting Fisher to leave, um, he's not. So it burst your bubble, I guess, in a certain way. But that's not really the point of the story. The real point of the story is that today we're going to be breaking down where Texas A&M ranks inside of its own state, among other programs. But before we do that, this episode of Lock on Aggies is brought to you by SweatBlock. Let me tell you a little bit about SweatBlock real fast. Every single day after I do my morning show on the SportsMap Radio Network just saying it, I go work out. And every single day, I come home, I take a shower, and because I live in Houston and it is humid as all heck, I sweat. I sweat like crazy every single day. And I don't want to do that, especially when I'm going to press conferences, when I'm going out on dates, when I'm doing any of those things. So what I do is I use Sweatblock. And Sweatblock is a really good product because all I have to do is shower, put it on the night before, wake up the next morning, and guess what? I do not have sweat, pit stains, anything like that for 48 straight hours. Yes, 48 hours, two days of clinical health that will make sure you never sweat. It is exactly what you are looking for if you're somebody like me who anti perspirants all the time. The perspirant wipes are great, they help you stay dry every single step of the way. So go visit sweatblock.com or even amazon.com. It's the number one product right now on Amazon. Go use the promo code locked on and you will get 20% off your very first purchase. Stop the sweat today with Sweatblock. Locked on Aggies, presented by the Locked On Podcast Network. All right, let's go ahead and start breaking down my rankings of where I have Texas A&M among the schools. I'm going to tell you right now, I'm going to spend a lot of time on the bottom three. Uh, Texas State is god-awful. They're, 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 they're a horrible team. North Texas, they might actually be the worst team in Texas, but the reality is, is that they have, I think, one extra win. They're going to be playing Missouri this weekend. Good luck. Like, Mizzou faced off against A&M next week, and you compare that to what A&M has to do this weekend with um, Alabama, that is a, ugh, I mean, good, good. Uh, I would go next after that, Rice. So take those three out of the conversation. You don't need them in there. Uh, I'd put UTEP as well. Like, UTEP is not a bad team at 4 and 1, but they're also not a good team, if that makes any sense. They play in Conference USA, they don't play anybody. I'm not gonna sit here and go tit for tat and say AM would lose to a Conference USA team, because here's the reality of it. They've played a Mountain West school and they've won by 33 points. They've played a MAC team and they've won by over 30 points. So AM would 100% beat up on UTEP. And again, these rankings are where I believe AM would be good at against these teams. So, I would probably put at number eight, TCU. And the reason I think that they would be able to beat up on TCU without ease is because of. Running the ball is right now going to be, it's bread and butter. AM has to run the ball. Like they have to find a way to get Isaiah Spiller and Devon A-Chain as the key focal points, especially moving forward against Alabama, against Missouri, against Auburn, against South Carolina. You have to be able to run with Devon A-Chain. You have to be able to run with Isaiah Spiller. This was a TCU team that allowed Bijan Robinson of Texas to rush for 35 carries over 200 yards and two touchdowns. Let me put this into consideration for you guys. Texas had 180 yards total if you take out Bijan Robinson against his TCU team. Bijan had more yards than everyone on Texas else combined. Everyone else on Texas combined, he had more yards than. That is saying a lot about what TCU's run defense is doing. So naturally, if you have decent enough linemen, which I do think compared to Big 12 linemen that you're seeing at TCU and Fort Worth, versus what you saw, you know, them do, what you saw, especially them blocking for Max Duggan, you then have uh, B. Sean Robinson literally just tear them apart. Like tear them apart. Isaiah Spiller and Devon H can do the same thing. And that's what I'm really basing this off of Isaiah Spiller and Devon H can do the exact same thing. So I'm not really worried about it. I think you'll be hundred percent fine in that aspect. Now, number seven, Houston, kind of a similar situation. They've been able to pass pretty well. Clayton Toon has looked very, very good throwing the football in recent days. Uh, they had a really nice win over uh, Tulsa, 45-10. to 10. Special teams was great. Like, special teams was actually really, really flawless. But they've really done a good job defensively holding the run, which is where I think A&M would maybe have a little bit of a concern, a little bit of a problem. But this is an AAC team. Like, every single year, you see, like, one AAC team kind of make that jump. And basically, that's what Cincinnati has done the last two years. Before that, it was UCF. Before that, it was Houston. They've made those jumps. They're looking at the team. Hey, they have top-tier talent on this roster, but that's about it. Like it, It's not much more than that. On top of that, they also have quarterback concerns. Toon has been good in recent weeks, but he did not start the season off that great. He had a really good first quarter against Texas Tech. And then he imploded in the second half. I mean, so this is still a very decent secondary for AM. I don't think it's an elite secondary like everyone else probably really thought at the start of the year. They also lost Miles Jones and Brian George. So now Tyreek Chappelle and Deuce Harmon have to really step up and play. That alone is also a really big deal. So I do think that you'd be able to pass on AM. I don't know if you'd be able to stop the run of AM, especially when you look at uh the Cougars' defensive line versus AM's offensive line. I get it. The offensive line is not super strong for AM, but it's also not terrible. So I would say that right now, you still would give the edge over to um to the likes of AM over the Cougars. Now, number six is Texas Tech. And I had a really, really really tough time not putting Texas Tech at number five. I I had a very, very hard decision to make on this one because you look at what Henry Colombi was able to do in place of Tyler Shaw. You look at him being able to work without easy Izakuma. I think that's how you say his name. Uh, You had a very limited run game all season. They were missing, I think, eight or nine starters on both sides of the foot. like eight or 9 And they whooped. And I mean, honestly, they whooped Neil Brown in West Virginia. They absolutely killed him. I know the score was 23-20. That was garbage points at the very end by Jared Daigie. I, I, I just look at what TCU was able to do without a lot of players. That means something. But Henry Columbia also had multiple interceptions against Texas. I think he threw one interception in this game. Uh, he wasn't also able to get a touchdown. Like That's the other thing you got to remember. So it's a lot like Zach Calzada, where you can implement scores and scoring drives, but you're settling for field goals. You're settling for uh, time, owning time, not able to punch it at the last second. It's very similar to that. And even though you were able to throw the ball to, I think it was like 10 or 11 different players, that's not enough. Like that, like that's not enough for me to say, oh, you're going to be fine because Will Rogers, I thought was going to have a very similar game to what Henry Columbia was able to do connect with like 25 different receivers, but still not find the end zone. Instead, he worked with two, uh, one being um, uh, uh, McKeek, I think is how you say his name, McKeek Polk from the wide receiver spot, and he had like 14 catches, and like everyone else had like four. So it's not like he, you know, went all spread offense, like we're, we're not kind of talking about, but again, similar offense, similar system. I don't believe in Texas Tech. I don't think that they're a great team. I will say that, they probably offer the biggest challenge passing the ball because have already like you've already seen what this happens because of they absolutely were able to pass on Texas A&M with Mississippi State and it's a very similar offense so I yeah that would work but I still won't think that this defense because it's still a bad and, and I mean Big Twelve defenses in general are not great I, I still would say A&M would beat them like like I would 100% say A&M would beat. Uh, this Texas tech team. So that's why they come in at number six and not number five. You know what I hate? Spending money on things that I don't need. And one of the biggest things I do is at an auto parts store. Usually what I'm doing is I'm going ahead and filling out a lot of applications, filling out a lot of fees for an installment fee, a shipping fee, a handling fee. And of course, I got to tip the guy because if he did the job, I know how to change most parts, but what I don't know is where to find those parts. Now I do. It's called rockauto.com. Rockauto.com is an online auto parts service system that has been serving customers for the past 20 years. They have everything from engine modules to tail lamps to brake pads. So whether you're a daily driver or refurbishing a call classic, rockauto.com has the parts for you. My dad was actually able to find a brand new taillight for his Hyundai Santa, going online, finding the year, the make, the model, and of course, the low, low price. Go visit rockauto.com and type in locked on on the how'd you hear about section so they know that we sent you. Its amazing selections reliably low prices and all the auto parts you will ever need. RockAuto.com is the place to be. This episode of Locked on Aggies is also brought to you by BetOnline.ag. College football is back in full swing. The NFL season is already hitting its stride. And we have the MLB playoffs right around the corner. So go to the one place we love and the one place we trust when it comes to betting. That's BetOnline. H-E. Get daily picks, wagers, odds, and much, much more. And sign up today with the promo code Locked On to receive a 100% welcome bonus. That's Locked On L-O-C-K-E-D, capital O-N, and get 100% of a welcome bonus deposit. From UFC to MLB postseason to the start of the NBA year and, of course, college and NFL football, stop seeing the sidelines and get into the action with BetOnline.he. Your online sportsbooks experts. Lock on Aggies, presented by the Lock On Podcast Network. Betting on College Football does not have to be a guessing game when you listen to the new Lock on Bets podcast hosted by your boy Q and handicapping expert Lee Sterling. Get daily picks, wagers, odds, and much, much more when you go visit Lock on Bets presented by the Beton Longtown on the Aussie app or wherever you get your podcast listening systems. Okay, so number five. Um this really hurts, and I, I almost did this too. 6, 5, and 4 were right next to each other. Neck and neck and neck. I'm going to go UTSA. Like, I'm going to go UTSA at number 4. I mean, at number 5, because they still are a lesser team. Like, they don't play more quality opponents. What I will say is, Frank Harris and Sincere McCormick are legit players. They have absolutely blown it out of the park this year they have absolutely crushed everything that they've done. They are a really really efficient team. They are great at running the football. They are great at play action. They know how to pass. They are a really fun team the Roadrunner. Trailer, you have got to give a lot of credit to. This is a guy that nobody talked about. Nobody. I mean, he was I had to go look him up when he got hired. Like that that's how little I knew about Jeff Trailer. And the way he has embraced San Antonio and the way he has brought this culture in together, the way the Roadrunners are playing underneath this direction, and this is not a one-year thing. They were very efficient last year. They were just a very average team last year. This is a very good team. There's a lot they got to work on. Big game this weekend against Western Kentucky. Billy Zappi is one of the best quarterbacks and one of the more high-efficient quarterbacks in all of college football for the uh, Hilltoppers. But my God. I mean, they are a very fun team to watch, and they they are they are literally a... I think that they've, they've only lost one line on the entire year. I think that every single game that they've either been favored or they've played, they've either won outright or they have beaten the odds. I think one game, they, was, they were like a 17-point favorite, I think, over UNLV, and I think that they finished like 14 points. So besides that, they literally have been a very talented team throughout the entire process. So I want to put them higher... But again, they're in a lesser conference now. Number four is Texas A&M. I can't go any higher than that. I'm sorry. I get it. SMU, and we're going to say, oh well, SMU doesn't play anybody. I I don't. I don't really care. I just I don't because if look at A&M, there's questions. Like they're an SEC team, and there's a ton of questions. You got to remember, they're last in SEC play. They have the same record as um, uh, LSU. LSU is weak play. Basically, the way that I've heard this analogy is when you lose to a team and another team uh, that you lost to loses to a worse team. So if LSU beats Mississippi State, but Mississippi State beats a And a And M is a worse team than Mississippi State and LSU. It, 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 that's what the analogy is, and I don't know if that's completely true, but I will say that, that those are our concerns. There are more concerns on the back end of the secondary now that you are playing two freshmen, probably more and more than you actually plan on doing with Terry Chappelle and Deuce Harmon. There are a lot of concerns when I look on the offensive line stuff. I get that you're probably moving forward, going to play Landon Robinson at right guard, Kenyon Green at left guard, uh, Ruben Fothery at right tackle, and Jameer Johnson at left tackle, but Bryce Foster staying in the middle. That doesn't mean it's better. It just means you're clouding up some of the holes that were there before. And you get again, you have a game against Alabama, and you have a quarterback who just is not fundamentally picking it up fast enough. Meanwhile, on the other side of the football, you already have the Heisman front runner entering the building. Like, like that's the difference that you're looking at these two teams. So I want to say that AM can figure it out. I want to say AM can turn it around, and they probably can. I, I mean, I do think that when you look at games that they still have left, Auburn is efficient. Like Auburn's Auburn's very efficient, they're very beatable. LSU is very beatable. South Carolina, you need to win that game. Missouri, you need to win that game. Like, those are no excuses. Ole Miss, I'll, I'll throw it up there. Like, cool, hopefully. I don't think this is like a 4-8, and eight, a 5-7 team, but my goodness, you have got to figure it out. Like, like it's very correctable, very fast. I don't think it's this week against Alabama, but it's very correctable, and you could get this job done very quickly. So, I, I mean, I'm going to have some hope there. Number three is Baylor. I was a little high. I know people commented in the post, nice job picking Baylor. Um, Okay, I don't really care. Like, good for you, whatever. I guess you got your wokes out of it, so cool. Um, They're not a bad team. Like, Baylor's not a bad team. Defensively, they actually are a very good team. They got three interceptions on Spencer Sanders, and they lead the Big 12 in interceptions. But they just weren't able to move the ball in the one aspect they're very good at, and that's rushing. They were one of the better run teams in the country entering this weekend. And they were held at like 111 yards and Jerry Bohannon only threw like 173 passing yards. So when you have that, and when you have plays like that, it becomes a problem. It, it just, it you can't extend your route. You can't extend your plays. But Dave Miranda defensively has done a very good job very kind of similar to what Mike Elko's done in College Station. And I do think that they will be able to kind of turn around. They play West Virginia this weekend. I think that they can probably get that win. Maybe they're even a top 25 team once again when they play BYU in two weeks, which would be really interesting to see. But I don't know what to make of Baylor offensively. Defensively, they're playing smart football. And when you do that, I think that you're able to beat up on AM, especially in certain capacities and certain limitations. Um, number two, I'm going to go SMU this week. And the reason I'm going SMU is because even though they play in a lesser conference, they're good. I'm Tanner Mordecai. I think leading the, I know he's leading all Texas quarterbacks, but I think he's number three in passing yards and he's number one in touchdowns. I mean, offensively they're clicking. They, they got this under control without ease, without a breeze. It's very easy to see where this team sits overall. So I look. At all of that and I view this team as a really good up-and-coming club. Uh, they're also getting back uh, Ulysses Bennett as their running back. They're also able to move the ball very well on the ground against um, uh, USF. So I, I got to go give them that at least at number two. And number one this week is Texas. Uh, it doesn't mean that Texas is probably the better team in the country. It doesn't mean that they're even a top 25 team in the country. It just means they're not a bad team. A very efficient team Right now, what they do best, and that's running the football. And anybody who has any concerns on that, just keep in mind that last year, when you look at Steve Sarkisian and what worked for Alabama, Alabama was able to run the football with that. What exactly is the difference between Najee Harris and B. Sean Robinson? Not much. I mean, honestly, it's not much. You saw last season, them pound the football. Even though they had a good quarterback in Mac Jones, they pounded the rock. With Najee Harris and Tuscaloosa, and they made him efficient as a pass catcher. So you're doing the same thing now with the likes of Bijan Robinson in your backfield, and that's working. I, I mean, again, 35 carries every single week probably is not ideal for the body, but it's working, and it's gonna work probably this weekend against Oklahoma. I mean, against Oklahoma. I would definitely say Texas wins that game. I actually have no hope for Oklahoma this weekend, but at the same time, defensively, they have their own flaws. So there's not a team in Texas that right now has solidified itself as the front runner. I will say Texas A&M could easily make that jump back up if they beat Alabama. You win against Alabama, you're back in the top two. Like 100% you're back in the top two. But that's a big ask. That's a big if, and there's a lot of questions with A&M. So again, I would say A&M comes in for me at number four. I would say... Uh, 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 Baylor comes in at number three. SMU at number two. uh, Texas Tech at number, I mean, UTSA at number five. And uh, I would go Texas at number one. That would just be my rankings for Texas Thursday this week. That's going to do it for this edition of Locked on Aggies. Make sure you're following us on social media, at Mr. Cole Thompson and at Locked on Aggies. On tomorrow's show, we'll preview everything you need to know about Alabama, what to expect, what to like, what to hate. We'll talk soon and see you later. Damn y'all. This has been Locked on Aggies. Presented by the Locked On Podcast Network.